Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plugs Super Bowl 58 preview stream. We're coming at you live on Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. My name's Chris Patrick, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman, here to talk about the big game. What is going on, fellas? How you doing tonight? Fellas, the big game is here. I might vomit from excitement and also from the two teams that are in this game, but it's going to be a fun one no matter what. Tallman, how you doing, man? Chris, Michael, doing good. Um, this is one of the most exciting weeks of sports in Arizona because not only do we have the big Super Bowl game, but we also have one of the best PGA Tour events in the Waste Open or the Waste Management, the Phoenix Open. So it's it's good. I'm excited to watch some golf and lose some money on Sunday. Well, the Pro-Am got rained out today, so cross your fingers that it stays Ooh. dry tomorrow, right? Yeah. Do you see some of those pictures? The, all the greens were flooded. It was, it was awful. Yeah, not looking good out there. I think, um, Tallman, plenty of drama going on in the world of golf. So on our next uh, Heat Check podcast, we might have to get into that a little bit. But we're yes, here we to do. Yes, we for do. sure. Right. For sure. We're, no, you're good. We're here to talk about the Super Bowl, of course. The big game, as we all like to call it. That's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada this Sunday, February 11th. Kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Arizona time. Um, man, I am, I'm always excited for the Super Bowl. I love this time of year, no matter who's playing in it. Football is just one of those sports for me where I don't really care who's playing. I can typically get through a game and I can't really say that for, for most sports. Um, you know, especially when it's a holiday game or a game like this, the Super Bowl, but Mike, you said it, man, seeing Kansas city in there again. And then of course, San Francisco division, uh, opponent of the Arizona Cardinals, is there, is there some Chiefs fatigue going on that's causing a lot of people to kind of lean towards the 49ers in this one? Or do you think it's uh, more more even? Uh, man, I think you got to look at it from both sides of the spectrum, right? I think a lot of people got fatigue from the Patriots and Tom Brady winning all the time. But I still feel like a lot of people like Patrick Mahomes. And more and more people are gaining notoriety for the Chiefs, right, because of the Taylor Swift stuff with Travis Kelsey, but man, it's hard to get fatigued when a guy is just continuously becoming stellar year after year with less pieces around him at the same time too, right? I mean, the Chiefs struggled kind of the second half of this season as well, just really leaking themselves into the playoffs, but they've turned the corner and they've been stellar. I don't know because guys at the same time, the San Francisco 49ers, if you look at their track record over the past five years, they've been to the NFC championship game four out of the last five. So it's, is it fatigue from these teams just being the top of the top for the last couple of seasons? That could be it. But at the end of the day, it's the best football that's going to be put onto a national stage. And I'm going to take that at the end of the day, even though it's the 49ers. <laughs> and that's the idea, right, is to have the two best teams going up against each other in the Super Bowl. Hopefully it's a good game. We've seen some duds in our lifetime, but I feel like the last couple have been been pretty fun games. I know that one last year was a lot of fun. Would have been more fun had we won the Tallman ticket, of course. You knew where I was going with that. But Tallman, we saw here locally some billboards going up, or at least one billboard, in support of Brock Purdy. And that kind of stirred up some controversy. I don't know if you saw that because obviously, like I mentioned, 49ers are in the same division as the Cardinals. I don't know if you call it a division rival, I guess maybe at one point, but 
do you do you think that it's okay to root for the hometown kid and go for the Niners, or or do we have to go Chiefs in this case? No, it's it's totally okay to root for the hometown kid because I am rooting for the hometown kid. Uh, most of all, I'm just rooting for a good game, right? I mean, it's if, if the 49ers win it, oh well, you know, it gives us more uh, more more praise when the Cardinals beat them next season when we can say we beat the world the Super Bowl champs. But I'm all about it. I mean. I, it's hard to hate Brock Purdy. His story is incredible, and I want to see him win this game. And I'm, I think the fatigue is is real right now. I'm, I'm very fatigued with the Chiefs. I'm okay not seeing Patrick Mahomes get almost halfway to to uh, match in Tom Brady's seven Super Bowls. I'm okay with them losing. Uh, I'm done with the Chiefs. And Mike, you said the last five AFC championship games. It's been the last six AFC championship games. No, I said the 49ers themselves. Oh. They've made four oh, out of the shit. last five <laughs> NFC championship games. Yeah, My obviously bad. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> hasn't not gone to yeah, right. an AFC championship game since he's become a starter. But so, I yeah, feel you, man. That's so that's crazy. So these two teams, five years or the last five for the 49ers, last six for the Chiefs. It's almost getting to the point where the regular season doesn't matter because you're going to see the same teams, you know, in, in these uh, in these big games at the end of the season. But I I'm okay with us rooting for Brock Purdy. I know I know some of you guys are going against it. They're not feeling the 49ers, but you know I want to see this kid win. This is his story is just too good. It's just too good not to not to root for him. I'd agree with that. I mean, Brock Purdy is a guy you can get behind. Very non-controversial. I mean, even with all the criticism he's been taking about his game and being a game manager, he's taken that in stride. And he really, I think, does goes out there and lets his play do the talking. So I think that's fair, Tallman. Um, for me, I, it is hard for me to root for San Francisco. And I, I don't hate the Chiefs, I think, as much as I probably should. But I do feel you. Uh, in asking that question, I do think – I have a bit of Chiefs fatigue, you know, like you said yeah. with the Patriots, we hated seeing them in there year after year. You want to see Travis Kelsey making out with Taylor Swift on the field while the confetti, the gold and red confetti is falling after they win? I don't. I don't uh, want to see that. Well, <laughs> America does, though, Tom. I, I know, like but I'm, I'm so – Taylor Swift, God bless her soul, but, man, I just – I'm so sick of seeing her. And But, okay, the only reason I'd want the Chiefs to win is – I would hope that Travis Kelsey would retire and and leave on a high note, and we we can just be one and done with this uh, Taylor Swift craze in the NFL. That would be, I think that would be nice. I wouldn't mind that necessarily. You know, Travis Kelsey retire, they you know can get out of the NFL spotlight. It's funny um, since you know obviously that's the big story, right? We can't ignore that, and so I started a Taylor Swift counter here for the stream of how many times we've mentioned her name and uh, we'll see how many more times it comes up. Um, I mean, we are going to talk about some betting odds and props here later on Tallman, but if you were setting one for this stream, what do you think the over under the line would be set at for most times Taylor Swift's name is mentioned? We're at six so far. We're at six. Oh shit. Um, without avoiding it on purpose, it's probably going to be, I would say, Set the line at 24 and a half. Ooh, Ooh. kind of high. Well, we're all going to see it eventually. Well, I'll add another one. I mean, obviously, Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I'd love to see the betting odds on how many times they'll show her during the game as well, right? So it's like, how many times are we going to say her name? And how many times are we going to see her 
on CBS. Is that what it's on this year? CBS gets the game, right? I think so. That sounds right. But yeah, I, I, all those props are out there, and I, I'm sure we can dig those up as we kind of roll through here. I'll try and I'll try and grab that while when you guys are chatting. But yeah, so 24 and a half, Mike. Are you? You said that's high, so you'd take the under on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any other notes in regard to the that lady, so that I'm not going to add yes. to the line. So I'm going under. See, unless he's, he's fixing it now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Unless you guys want to push it. Then well, okay, that's all on you. I'll take over 24 and a half Taylor Swift references. Then, well, there's another <laughs> one. So, <laughs> see how on the see list. what I did there. See how that works. But guys, I mean, we back to talking about the game here. We know that Kansas City and San Francisco are the two best teams to get here in theory, right? They went through the playoffs. They beat the the other teams that made it on and advanced. But these two teams didn't get here without a bit of a you know trouble along the way maybe i guess maybe what i'm trying to say is it wasn't always an easy ride for for either of these teams so i kind of want to take a a high level you know look at each team and how they got here to be in the super bowl and starting with kansas city obviously the huge taylor swift media attention and the big talk really got a lot of extra eyeballs on the chiefs more than they already get we saw their wide receiver with receivers excuse me struggle to catch passes throughout the season and even Travis Travis Kelsey himself while being so heavily under the spotlight struggled uh, through a lot of, a great portion of the season um just looking at their season real quick they lost their season opener by one point against Detroit but then they went on to win their next six and kind of were on and off but mostly consistently in games from there on out but looking at that Mike do, do you think that Kansas City has kind of solved a lot of their issues as far as the drop passes go and not being able to finish those close games it seems like it but basically just from the playoffs right because if you think about what happened with this team after the bye week they went four and four to finish the year with losses to philadelphia green bay and buffalo and las vegas i mean obviously buffalo and philadelphia that loss was early on before the tailspin that ended for the eagles but it, one thing that we're starting to see and absolutely understanding with Patrick Mahomes is he turns it on in the playoffs, right? I mean, I was looking at some stats in regards to just generalizations for when quarterbacks step back and their first or second reads, he was at about 67% on dropbacks, right? He was going to that first or second guy, which was below the league average of 76%, but it's bumped up to 71% in the playoffs which basically means he's picking his spots a little bit quicker. And like you said, Chris, receivers are avoiding drops in important situations. The Chiefs just don't make those critical mistakes down the stretch. I mean, we can look at that AFC Championship game. Zay Flowers, rookie, real nice rookie this year, right? Had five catches for 115 yards and a touchdown in that game, but had such a huge penalty after making that 54-yard catch down to the Kansas City Chiefs 10 for taunting and then moments later he fumbled the football so you just don't see that from the Kansas City Chiefs because they've been there they've done that even though their offense isn't the same you know they've lost some weapons with Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey people are saying that he has lost a little bit of a step but then he comes back out and has 11 catches for 116 and a tutty against the Ravens Rasheed Rice has been a nice up-and-comer rookie as well second in the team for receptions. Uh, 
So they just find ways to pick up pieces and put them back into the fold and really not truly lose a step, right? It, it was until the playoffs, right? This season wasn't where they have been until the playoffs, man. And they've had to go and win three games, two of them on the road, right? The first time that Patrick Mahomes actually had to go and get it done in enemy territory. So it's it, it just is playoff time is when it's go time. And these guys know how to do it at the end of the day. I think there's a lot to be said about experience and playoff experience in sports in general, but even in football, I mean, you can see and you can even say that these teams do turn over a lot from season to season, but the coaching and the foundation has stayed there for Kansas City, and you can call it culture or anything you want like that, but the Chiefs do have a winning system that they seem to be able to replicate even with players coming in and out. You saw them lose Tyree Kill. That's a huge void to fill and again they're gonna have to do that when Travis Kelsey retires whether it's this year next year or two years from now because let's be honest Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback for the next 10 plus years I I wouldn't doubt that for a second the kid's what barely not even 30 I doubt he's even 30 yet but he's he's 28 28 there you go so yeah him playing until he's 38 not unrealistic at all and Andy Reid coaching until Patrick Mahomes is 38 now I don't know about that but We'll have to see how that uh, coaching tree shakes out. But uh, Tom, what what do you got, man? What what stood out to you the most about the Chiefs this season and their their road to the playoffs and the Super Bowl here? It's a, it's the defense. I mean, one prime example. You look at that AFC Championship game. They only had to score seventeen points to win that game. You go back and look at the history. I mean, they've they've been there. We already mentioned they've been to the AFC Championship game the last six years. They lost two of those. The only time they lost was in crazy overtime shootouts, right? So just seeing that they only needed 17 to score and beat one of the best teams in the NFL in the regular season in 2023. But it's really been that defense. You can see the shift um, in the stats. I mean, Travis Kelsey, the first time in seven, this is so Travis Kelsey had seven straight seasons over a thousand receiving yards. This season he didn't he didn't eclipse that a thousand uh, thousand receiving yard mark. Granted, he was like I think fourteen yards away from getting it. Yeah, but sixteen. You, yeah, yeah, you, you are sixteen. There you go. But you see the shift of you know the, the defense really was carrying them as they had their offensive woes uh, with uh, the drops and you know all the other stuff that you guys have mentioned. So that's been mo- mo- most impressive uh, in my in my mind here, because you look at some of these past chief teams that have gone to the Super Bowl, they've had top five offenses, you know, just explosive offenses um, throughout the regular seasons when they uh, went to the Super Bowl. But this team's different. And it's it's even more scary because of that defense being such a more improved unit that we've seen over the past handful of seasons. It's more scary because Patrick Mahomes has turned it on and look at their road to the Super Bowl. They beat the Bills. They beat the Ravens. They beat two of the best teams in the NFL. And, you know, that kid, Patrick Mahomes, just turns it on, and he just shows up at the biggest moments, and he pulls it out, and he wins the biggest games. And it, it's it's just really scary now. Now they're going into the Super Bowl, and poor poor little Brock Purdy's got a, got a, a rolling Chiefs team. Uh, where the defense is playing good and Patrick Mahomes is playing with his hair on fire. So uh, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited to see it, but I know we're going to talk about our predictions and I got a lot more on that. 
Good. Save it. We're definitely going to save the best for last, right? You got to keep the people engaged and wanting more. Uh, Mike, we talked about Kansas City here. San Francisco it hasn't had the prettiest road through the playoffs and to get here. Um, they did finish their regular season record was what I wrote it down here, uh, 12 and five. So technically a better record overall in the season than the chiefs who are 11 and six, but the, that's still not bad. Obviously the number one seed in the NFC Brock Purdy was secured as the number one quarterback before the season even started. They traded Trey Lance solidifying that, that pick. Um, they traded for Chase Young at the end of October, uh, get, getting their defense busted out a little bit more. Uh, looking at their season, though, a little more broadly, they had three straight losses after starting 5-0. and They lost to the Browns, the Vikings, and then the Bengals. And I think a lot of questions were starting to get asked about Brock Purdy around that time. I think he was dinged up a little bit, took some hits. And then, of course, he had the ugly game against Baltimore on Christmas Day where Brock threw four interceptions. So I think... That's where a lot of doubt has really started to seep in with Brock Purdy and Cam Newton really leading the charge in a lot of that, calling him a game manager and really sparking that conversation. I know we've had uh, Tallman's brother here on uh, Mr. T, and he kind of he kind of thinks Brock Purdy is a bit of a game manager, but not necessarily in a bad way. But I don't know, man, Mike. I don't know about you. I want to know. I want. I want to know what you think about the San Francisco 49ers season as a whole, of course. But just to ask this question while I'm, while I'm thinking about it. Do you think that Brock Purdy, like when you watch him, like, is he a game manager? Because he's making those passes. Like he makes some pretty professional, good passes where it's not the receiver doing the work. It's him putting the ball in a good spot to be caught. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get to Brock Purdy in just a second. But I'm going to answer your first question, Chris, in regard to the San Francisco 49ers season as a whole. I mean, after the first five weeks, did anybody think anybody else was going to come out of the NFC? I mean, they were steamrolling teams. And then they did go through that rough patch, dropping to the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals. The Browns, who had one of the best defenses in the NFL this season, for sure. But then they picked things right back up. And that big win at the Eagles, that 42-19 to win, really you know, started to solidify where they were again with ending up with a six-game winning streak before they went to Baltimore. But, man, I mean, in regard to what's happening with Brock Purdy as well is he's blessed with weapons, right? I mean, you just have to think about the skill position players that he has around him. I mean, they're all pro guys, everybody. I mean, you can even throw in George Kittle, who is seems like he's kind of get, getting down towards the end of his career just a little bit, but still has over a thousand yards on the season. But you look at Brock Purdy's season stats comparative to Mahomes. I mean, Brock Purdy had 4,280 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Mahomes uh, was just a little bit behind that, 4,183 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. He doesn't make as many mistakes as you would think from somebody who was a seventh-round pick, the last guy chosen at the end of the day, but – the regular season is obviously different from the postseason, and the San Francisco 49ers have kind of taken a step back, to be honest with you, really just barely getting by the Green Bay Packers and then putting their foot down in the second half against the Detroit Lions, who kind of blew that game with some drops as well. But to start down 
24 to 7 at halftime, come out, field goal right away, cause a turnover on downs, get a touchdown, cause a one play fumble, and then score four plays later. And before you know it, they're back in the game. And I think at that point, a lot of us were looking at each other like, oh, yeah, Detroit's going to blow this thing. They're not going to be able to really stick it back on the road in San Francisco, unfortunately. But Okay, Chris, I know I'm long-winded because I don't know if I want to answer the Brock Purdy question. Yeah, do it. Because I'm still on the fence, man. Like, he does make some nice plays. He's a smart football player. He's a smart quarterback, right? But he has put them in some pickles this postseason, right? He only has one interception, but there were at minimum three different game-changing plays that could have gone the wrong way if the opponent defense didn't take advantage and they didn't. Right. But it's a team game at the end of the day. And he is an all pro and should have been an MVP candidate this year for the way that he led the San Francisco 49ers team. So I, with that being said, I don't care how many weapons he has around him. I can't label him as a game manager because he's able to utilize them in the way that a true top tier quarterback could do. Right. I don't think he's at he's not in the A list yet, but he's moving up there as he goes along. Right. I mean, only his second season, his first full season as the starter, the solidified starter without any questions or doubt. So I think he only has room to grow from here. And that's why I think I'm really high on the guy. But you know, anything could happen. Everyone has bad days. But Tallman, we do hear a lot with this conversation about um Brock Purdy's success about the weapons around him where, you know, they say you put any game manager in that offense, in that system, then they're going to be successful. I, I want to look at one guy in particular in Christian McCaffrey, where it kind of seems like the offense goes where Christian McCaffrey goes in a lot of ways. And I think we saw in that last game, what was it against Detroit? He was a little bit dinged up. He was having to massage his leg on the sideline. Wasn't doesn't seem to be fully 100%, has battled injuries over the years. How big of a factor is Christian McCaffrey? And if he goes down in this game, does that swing the momentum dramatically in Kansas City's favor? Yes, I would say it does. Christian McCaffrey's the best best player in the NFL right now. I mean, you can't argue with that. The guy is just a freak athlete. You mentioned uh, being banged up. Everyone's banged up right now. You just hope that he took a – took that time in between the championship game and, you know, the Super Bowl coming up to kind of get right a little bit. But I have no doubt in my mind that dude, he's, he's tough as hell. He's going to be out there and unless he breaks his leg or tears something, that's the only way that guy's going to get knocked out of that game. So I'm very confident. I, I bet you he's going to be, he's going to be out there. He's going to rush for over a thousand or over a thousand yards. yards. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy gets two touchdowns. I mean, he's, he's so electric. It's um, yeah. He's got a great offensive line. He's running behind, but the guy is just such an incredible athlete and he's a big, big key to their success. I mean, a lot of those weapons are a big key to their success. I mean, it starts with McCaffrey, but you know, you got to look at Debo Samuel too. I mean, he's been a big, he's, also a huge key to their success. You, we already mentioned their three-game losing streak in the regular season. Debo Samuel was out for that whole three-game or uh, for most of those three games. So it's a different offense without Debo. But then you can just go down their roster. I mean, there's it's just such a the, – the talent there is just outrageous. It makes you sick if you're a Cardinals fan, just the amount of talent on that roster. But it starts with McCaffrey. And if he gets 
knocked out of that game, it's it's going to be tough because then you're going to rely on Purdy throwing the ball a lot. I don't think it can be understated how important Christian McCaffrey truly is for this 49ers offense. We talk about all the weapons they do have, but if you look at the running game, that's where the Chiefs kind of lack because their secondary is pretty strong with LeJarrius Schneed and McDuffie. But, I mean, Christian McCaffrey in two games in the playoffs averaged 94 yards per game and two touchdowns per game, right? There's only one other back who has had four carries in total. So it's like he controls the running game at all times for this 49ers team. And if you look at Christian McCaffrey for a season as a whole, he was second on the team in reception. So he just does everything for them. And like Tomlin said too, like Debo was banged up a little bit as well. He barely got into that NFC championship game that seemed like, but it all runs on McCaffrey, man. And if he's, if he's not fully healthy to go, then 49ers fans should be a little bit worried. That's for sure. Yeah, I would definitely, I would think that's the case. And maybe a dumb question to ask about McCaffrey because, of course, it runs through him. I mean, even not even just McCaffrey, though, and their star wide receiver, Debo Samuel. I know Brandon Ayuk, hometown Arizona State kid. Um, he's been doing pretty good, too. But Debo Samuel, they, they struggled a little bit when he went out in that game, you know, a few weeks back. So, uh, health is a big thing in any sport, but I think especially for the 49ers offense, it's huge. As long as they can keep McCaffrey and Debo Samuel healthy, they have a real chance in this game. Uh, the offense is obviously incredible, but another big factor for San Francisco is their defense. We mentioned that trade for Chase Young, but they also have, is it Nick Bosa? I, I can't even, because Joey plays for the Chargers, right? Gotcha. So they got two studs in the front. And then their secondary isn't too bad either. Tallman, is, are you, do you think that the 49ers have the better defense of these two teams? I know you had mentioned Kansas City's defense earlier. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you already mentioned two big names. Don't forget about Fred Warner, the best linebacker in the NFL. I mean, they're, they, have one of the, they have the best defense in the NFL, if you just on paper looking at it, have they performed like the best defense in the NFL over the, the end of the season and in the playoffs? No, not at all. If they had, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have Steve, Steve Wilkes out here calling out his defense saying it was, I forgot the adjective he used or how he described it, but basically said their play has been absolutely disgusting through these two playoff games. But I think the 49ers defense is, is better, but as of late, they're not performing as good as they should be. This Chiefs defense is, I mean, see what they did in the AFC championship game, holding the Ravens to 10 points. I mean, I know the Ravens had uh, the number one defense, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's probably our, our soon-to-be league MVP. So, I mean, he knows how to score and rack up the yards. But uh, th that Niners defense is really the big question mark because I, I have full confidence in both offenses uh, but how is this 49ers defense going to react? Because you remember, what was it? The Cardinals ran for over 200 rushing yards against the 49ers late in the season. So they've just been getting gashed on the ground. So I'm I'm keeping my eye on that Isaiah Pacheco over under on those uh, rushing yards because that, that boy going to be running. And I don't mean – so it's I, – I don't know, man. You, you better hope Steve Wilkes uh, with his call out got some fire burning under their asses and uh, – Hopefully they come out and show up. 
Yeah, I think uh, they're going to be under a lot of pressure and a lot of scrutiny to perform. And hopefully, you know, it could go either way, right? You either fold under the pressure or you suck it up and you have a big performance. And with a week's rest, having having this last week off and preparing for the Super Bowl, I think they're going to have a good chance. Um, I do want to now look at the matchup. We've talked about both teams getting there. And we did talk a little bit about, you know, the big picture of the game. But 49ers, Chiefs. This weekend for the Super Bowl, the big game, guys, it's it's an exciting time. When you look at the matchup and kind of break it down, Patrick Mahomes, this is his fourth Super Bowl appearance. He's two and one in Super Bowl so far. The San Francisco 49ers haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1994. So always plenty of storylines. Of course, you got the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey news going on and a lot of attention that's going to be on that. But what what have you guys heard about this story with the the conspiracies? Obviously, there's the conspiracy with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but I'm talking about the one where the Chiefs are being written in in this script. I saw just today, I think it was, about the practice conditions where the Chiefs are getting to practice on the super nice Raiders practice facility and the 49ers are over at UNLV and their field conditions are, are not so great. Mike, do you think this is just uh, l- bad luck of the draw, or is there more uh, suspicion afoot? Oh, I love a good conspiracy theory. You guys know me. Uh, I mean, let's think about it. The team who has been to the Super Bowl three out of the last, what, five years, comparative to a team that's only squeaked out one after going to four NFC Championship games, well, now two. My apologies. But they lost to this team. Don't you think that they're going to give the upper hand to the team who has been there and earned that respect over years and years and years? Ah, That also comes down to question, right? Who is uh, scheduling these practice facilities? Was it the 49ers themselves that reached out to UNLV and said, hey, we need some place to work out at. Can we use your facilities? Or did the Chiefs beat them to the punch for the other one? Like, that's a good question to know because then you're looking at different aspects, right? But at the end of the day, the best teams fight through adversity no matter what. And to prove that you're really the top, the tippity top, man, you got to go through some of these struggles and show your mental fortitude at the end of the day. So if the 49ers really truly want to be the best team in the world, for 2024 this shouldn't even be a worry for them right i know it's a lot of people just making stories in the background and the 49ers are more focused on what's in front of them but no i don't think it's a competitive advantage i don't think it's a disadvantage most of these guys grew up playing in snow and mud and that kind of stuff anyway so they probably feel like they're just back at home at the end of the day Yeah, honestly, not not a bad point at all. Tallman, would you kind of lean the same way as far as what your expectations are? Yeah, I would. Um, it's What pisses me off the most is another year, two years in a row, we're talking about grass again about the Super Bowl. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, but, no, I think, uh, Mike, to answer your question, um, I think the NFL – all handles where they practice. And uh, there's something that they had to have everything figured out and planned by December. Uh, but you, you guys are absolutely right. 
the the Chiefs get the Raiders facility, nice brand new facility in, in Henderson, and you got the 49ers playing a UNLV on some some sod just laid over field turf. <laughs> just ridiculous. So it's it it's crazy. I know uh Cal Shanahan's pissed off. A lot of people that uh, you know, if you're watching any of the news or anything, all these all these people for inside information are saying a lot of a lot of officials in the 49ers are very pissed off and it's just ridiculous. And then you have Roger Goodell. He had his script all planned out and he's coming out saying, no, the field's fine. Uh, we had all of our experts out there. It's all good. But it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's hard to believe it's hard to not think that the NFL would want the Chiefs to win because of the whole Taylor Swift. Get that counter up. Uh, the whole t- Taylor Swift aspect and um, it's just it's feeling weird. It's feeling a little fishy and it's it's hard to trust Roger Goodell, right? <laughs> I mean, I would I would say so. It's funny, like when people are obviously going to be so hyper aware and tuned in and read into every little thing like that. Why why wouldn't you want to have the 49ers be in a, at least a similar experience like? I guess maybe if if neither of them can have the top of the line NFL facility, do you send each of them to a college campus or I don't know, because it sounds like the Raiders facility is the best thing in town and maybe UNLV is the next best thing, but clearly far, far inferior. So I don't know. That's tough. I don't know what NFL football practices look like in the slightest, but I imagine that the 49ers will be just fine come game day, despite their practice field conditions. But Solomon, you know, as we continue to talk about the game here and we're going to get to our predictions, of course, but I did see this story and we can loop Mike in on this as well. Um, the, obviously, the game's in Las Vegas, right? So going to be a big uh, urge and um, temptation to go and gamble and, and hit the tables. Well, the NFL is going to lift the gambling restrictions for the Chiefs and the 49ers players immediately after the Super Bowl is over. So as soon as the game concludes... They're going to be able to hit the strip and celebrate or drown their sorrows and try and win some money. But as a, uh, you know, sports betting aficionado, I think it's funny. This, this article is written by Cody Benjamin. Um, but v- <laughs> Mike, okay. I guess, I guess Tallman, Tallman just got, to, got to talk a little bit and he, he has to reel in and bask in the ability of the players <laughs> to gamble do you think that that's a, a good rule for the NFL to have where players aren't allowed to gamble, period? Like, I get not betting on their game they're going to play in, but restricting them from gambling at all, is that fair? I mean, what's wrong with them putting a little parlay on a college basketball game? At the end of the day, what does it really matter? I mean, this is where the world is going, right? Like, sports betting is just a part of life and it's a part of the culture over the past couple of years. I know it becomes hard to regulate, but as long as you're not like betting on yourself, betting on your team or betting on the sport that you play in, what does it truly matter at the end of the day? I mean, there's already regulations in place for betting anyways. So I know it's more work for the NFL, I guess, at the end of the day, like how would you really track that? Are guys going to have to sign in through a specific app or like are there tracker locations going to be on at all times, seeing that they're in the Bellagio, not at the craps table in the sports book? But so are you saying they're not allowed to like do like craps or play blackjack like they literally can't gamble at all? 
That's my understanding of it is that they are strictly prohibited from gambling. Period. Yeah. That's like taking away your American right. What in the world, man? Like when it comes to sports gambling, yeah, there has to be some kind of restrictions. I get it. But going to casino with your friends, you know, after a Sunday night football game to, you know, put 50 bucks on black, like, what in the world, man? I, I yeah. guess that's something I never even realized that they couldn't do that, man. And they just gave Goodell extension. Good riddance, man. What the hell? Right. And what is that under in like their policy? I'd be curious to know. I mean, I'm sure it's out there, but like, is it part of like player conduct? Because obviously, you don't want your players waving guns on live streams or you know doing anything getting DUIs being foolish I don't even think they even care about DUIs I think you can get a DUI and not even get a fine in the NFL as far as player conduct goes but it's interesting because Mike you like you look at back in like the day in the 90s I guess it's crazy that's back in the day but you had Michael Jordan going off and even more recently James Harden in between playoff games flying to Vegas blowing off steam going on a bender and I don't see anything wrong with that as long as you're not betting on the game you're going to play in like and i also I, I guess we could get into a broader conversation maybe at a later time but like as long as you're not betting against the team you're playing for if you bet on your own team to win a game what's the harm in that you're betting on yourself right you're betting on yourself so it's like even added incentive but i think these guys are also smart just kind of bouncing all over the place here where i'm sure the smart guys i'm sure maybe i'm the dumb guy here thinking that this is smart but why don't you just if I'm an NFL player, if I'm playing in the Super Bowl, why don't I ask Tom and hey, go put go put ten thousand on this bet for me? You just have a proxy. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you guys, but you know, betting on yourself. I mean, you, you could bet over under. Oh, I'm gonna bet under on myself not to catch more than four passes. The the it's one of those things where it only takes one person to ruin it for everybody else. And back just in the history of sports overall, I mean, there's been so many times where fixing games and people gambling, uh, whether it's uh, officials, referees, or players themselves, it's just, I mean, th- they got to have it, you know, where you can't bet on any NFL games. Because what if what if you're really cool with one of the coaches or on, a, on another team and you play now on a, on a different team and you guys are doing some shysty behavior or, or actions or who knows, there's just you can't trust anybody. Right. So the, just the no strict gambling, it makes sense. It absolutely does. Um, but cause it, they, 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 they can only not bet on NFL. Right. I, I thought that's what it was or can, cause I had to look it up and I thought they, the players can only not bet on any NFL. Right. Yeah. I guess I maybe should have uh, dissected that article a bit more carefully, but I don't think that makes a lot of sense if it's just nfl because like what what nfl are you going to bet on after you win the super bowl or lose the super bowl and again i don't know if that's a a year round like a a season round policy where you're never allowed to or if it's just specific to super bowl weekend where it's like the teams that are participating in the super bowl aren't allowed to gamble i i don't know and i don't know what the point of the policy would be either because i mean lot us sitting here logically thinking about it it's like yeah don't bet on nfl that's the easiest, most broad, safest thing. Just don't bet on the NFL. You can play craps, you can play blackjack, you can bet on college basketball, but do not bet on the NFL. And I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. And I just wonder how, like you said, Mike, a little bit earlier, how is that regulated? You know, like, is it the 
the guy at the ticket counter is like, hey, you're Brock Purdy. You can't place this bet on the 49ers to lose. Like, I, <laughs> they got the NFL informant at the yeah, it's Caesars sports book, man. It, Watch out. It, it is all the sports books. Cause what was that? It was that one Jag employee. He works in their financial department. He stole like 20 million and bet all of it on FanDuel or something. And oh, FanDuel, yeah. yeah, FanDuel reported it, of course, after he already spent 20 million. And then now they're refusing to give any of the money back because, you know, they they want it fair and square, right? Uh, but And then, no, it's all the sports books reporting it because then you have that college kid who placed, did you guys hear that? He placed like over 7,500 bets in the span of one year on on his own team. I forgot what, what uh, school he went to, but on Jesus. his own team and a bunch of other different sports. Yeah, that kid got screwed. I don't remember his name, but it's, it's all these, all these sports books. They're, they're waiting until they collect all their money and then they're snitching on them. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, you have to obviously, especially when you come to collect, if you did pay it yourself, it's going to be a record of that. And they're going to, I don't know. Are they constantly searching for these names and being like, Oh, does this, I mean, cause we saw who was it? Calvin Ridley. He was betting on the Falcons to win games. And he ended up taking a whole season off with a suspension for that one. Um, I don't know. Again, yeah, it, it's an interesting conversation to have. It, it is. And then you got, you guys saw, was it LeBron James is partnering with, um, I think it's FanDuel. He's got one of his own like uh, specialty bets or something on there for the Super Bowl. Like it's, you're going to get to a point where, I mean, it's, the line is so, so fuzzy. It's, it's so gray where it's like, how, how you're not, you already can't legally, you can't separate it. Right. Because, you know, it's legal to bet on sports and it's just so many moving parts, but um, you got to Okay. So if players can bet on the games, then it's just all these, all these more conspiracy theories that we don't need are going to come up and it's just going to destroy the integrity of the game. So it's good that there's these restrictions, but I mean, like you said, Oh, what if I tell my nephew to go or my nephew, (laughs) he'd probably be very young. Um, what if I told my cousin, hey, bet on this shit for me, whatever, and, you know, th- through a proxy, like you said, Chris. I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot. You just They just don't get caught. Yeah, and, and again, maybe that's the smart thing to do. Maybe they're hip to it. Who knows? But it's just it, it is very interesting to sit here and think about all the ins and outs of that. And maybe we'll talk about it again, and I'll do some more research, see what I can really find out about it. But back to talking about the Super Bowl. Michael Benjamin, we're looking at some sports betting now, talking about bets and and the big game as you'll have it. So right now the 49ers are favored at minus two, minus two and a half, uh, depending on the sports book you look at. So what what are you thinking as far as that being so close? Is that a line that you'd be willing to jump on and, and think that San Fran could win by a field goal? Yeah, I think so. But I don't want to sway people's thoughts on what my predictions are going to be just yet at the end of the day man super bowls always come down to just one play right it just seems like it the the team that has the football at the end or the one that can make that goal line stop and it seems like it's normally a field goal game right and these teams are really high powered kind of on both sides of the football to a certain extent. So it's going to come down to what team doesn't make the mistake and ekes it out at the end of the day. So that's why I wouldn't mind taking that line at the end of the day. That's minus two is always tough to take a look at and be like, Ooh, okay. If I want to really stretch on that, 
But yeah, I mean, obviously, depending on how much money I'm going to put on it, I'm not going to go too crazy. You guys know I like to sprinkle it all over the place when it comes to the Super Bowl. And I normally don't come out on top. But hey, we still have some fun. It's all about having fun. That's what gambling is all about, man. And I, I think I wouldn't be uh, you know, shy of taking that line either. But it does make it appealing on the other side when you're looking at Kansas City at plus two and a half. Maybe I'd be willing to take that one. So again, we're going to make our predictions here as soon as we're done talking about these props and everything. But Tom, we saw last year, I think it was just one leg that we missed the Tallman ticket on for the Super Bowl. You did a uh, same game parlay, special Tallman ticket edition. Are are we looking at having another one from you? Are we going to be able to expect that? Yes. Yeah, of course. We're going to pull out. We're going to pull out another one because we were so close. Um, what last year we lost just because the Eagles didn't win the game. Right. And that, that game went down to the very last couple of possessions. So we're definitely going to be seeing another one. Um, I know last year, I think it was, it was a pretty big parlay, a lot of legs. We might shorten it down a little bit because we really need a win over here. <laughs> we, we are just, I don't think we booked a W yet on a Tallman ticket. So uh, this is the first time for everything and maybe it happens for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. You guys may have noticed, of course you noticed because you're huge fans of the Tallman ticket it was a little bit of a lull year. We had one every week in 2022, 2023, but this year in 2023, 2024, Tallman had to do some reflecting, had to do some research. He's been crunching the numbers. He's been doing some personal reflecting. And so he's ready. This Super Bowl ticket, I have a real, real good feeling about it. Right on the edge. What better way to end this season, head into next year with a head of steam and a pocket full of cash and just go for it, man. So Tallman, I know... You're not going to give us the ticket tonight. You're still in the lab. You're still cooking. But can you share with us some tidbits, some some lines you like? Maybe give us your favorite player or two to score a touchdown if you have any. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so no ticket tonight. I need my production team. So we're going to have to wait wait a day or two on that one. Uh, so players I like to score. I, I'm really feeling both running backs. So I'm feeling Christian McCaffrey's score. I'm sure last time I looked, uh, the odds for him to score a touchdown are they're not that great because he's going to score a touchdown. So obviously that's a very easy pick. Um, but, but I'm really feeling uh, Isaiah Pacheco as well as a score. So those are my two guys. Um, I'm also liking the tight ends. Our boy Travis Kelsey, uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, to score a touchdown. And I'm, I'm really feeling one from George Kittle as well. So I like the running backs. I like the tight ends. Um, and there's that one stupid bet that I've yet to hit that I missed by field goal last, last year that I'm going to do again because the odds are so good. And I have a feeling we're going to see a good amount of points scored in this one. Um, take a look into this one on FanDuel. It's plus 2,600. It's e each team to score a touchdown and a field goal in both halves. It sounds easy, but it's really, really fucking hard to hit. I would know based off of experience this the past playoff games, but I'm really liking that one because of the odds on it. That right there is telling me that they don't think it's going to happen because if they did or if they think it was more likely – like we saw with the the Lions and uh, the Lions and 49ers game, that those odds were down around plus seventeen hundred. So I'm liking the odds in that because I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like this is going to be a game where we see a lot of offense. 
I can get behind that, especially the running backs. Of course, it's tough with Christian McCaffrey because you can basically write him in to score a touchdown in every single game. So you almost have to, if you really want to you know, win some money, bet on him scoring two touchdowns. Not saying to do that. And folks, we're not giving gambling or financial advice. We're just, you know, we're saying what we might like and what we might do. We're not telling you to do anything. We're just saying what we what we might like to see. Um, I, I I don't hate those, you know, Tallman, the touchdown and field goal in each half. You were one, or I guess technically two field goals shy of winning that in the Bills-Chiefs game that we saw. If if Bass had made his, I almost said Lance Bass. If Bass had made his field goal and then Harrison Butker, the Chiefs come down and he kicks his field goal to win it, then you hit that bet right there. So it's not not yeah. crazy to think that it could happen. It's not. No, you're you're right. And then the last year's Super Bowl, uh, I think it was uh, one of the teams missed a field goal at the end of the first half. And if if he would have made that field goal, I would have won on that one too. Uh, but I'm liking it because we we're talking about two good defenses. I mean, that is if the 49ers show up two good defenses, two good offenses, right? So you're almost guaranteed. We're going to have a handful of touchdowns, but those field goals are the ones as long as, so it, it's good because Dan Campbell is not coaching because any fourth down he gets, he just goes for it. Never kicks a field goal. I don't know what, what that guy's got against field goals. Uh, it probably cost him uh, the NFC championship game. If you ask me, uh, but the two good offenses, two good defenses, you're going to see some stops in the red zone or within field goal range. So I'm feeling really good about that one. I'd say, I mean, Mike, are, are any of these bets here tickling your fancy? I know you, uh, you aren't the big, biggest sports better out there, but you like to sprinkle it around for the Super Bowl. I know. Uh, you know, guys, as betting has become more and more popular for the American public, I'd say it continues to get less and less popular for Michael Benjamin. But the, I, the Super Bowl is always a big day for me. I, I go a little crazy, as some would say, because I don't bet on a regular basis in general. But I mean, looking at some of these over under with Debo, I, I might touch the over. Travis Kelsey, that is a close line. I feel like it's going to be right around there. I might go with the over as well, but I think a lot of people are thinking Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big day. So over 262 could stretch closer towards 300 as well. Man, my favorite thing, though, is the crazy props, man. And where are these? I want to see them. Like uh, coin toss, uh, who's going to receive first, that kind of stuff. We have man, a color, color of the Gatorade. Where's that, that at? Yeah, where is that, man? That's the kind of stuff I need to see. Where, where's the Taylor Swift bets? I know there is. I saw, I saw one on, uh, or I heard one on the radio. I guess it was through some sports book, not in in Canada, not in the U.S., where there was a prop bet of will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift after the game, and it was like minus two hundred. It was awful odds. Like it was just a given that it was going to happen, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's some stupid ones on there, but I know, I don't know FanDuel, those main ones, they usually don't do a lot of the, the, the funky, uh, prop bets like that, where you got some online sports books where you can, you can bet on politics and other, you can basically bet on anything. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know DraftKings has a whole bunch, but I did see this one where they have George Karloftis and, Chase Young to both record half a sack each. 
plus 600. I actually don't hate that one, right? Karloftis uh, was tied for the team lead with 10 and a half sacks. And Chase Young, I don't – that offense – that defensive line is so stacked for San Francisco where it's hard for anybody to really stick out that much. But half a sack, man, yeah, that would be an easy one for me to throw some on. You're muted, Chris. Oh, that's fine. Um, I was just saying that there's not not the, like the novelty props we were quite looking for, but on DraftKings, they do have a couple here. You see the coin toss outcome, uh, heads, tails. And then it, I think it's interesting, the jersey number of the first touchdown scorer over under 22 and a half. Um, so I guess that's uh, definitely more interesting now is like the numbers have kind of opened up more as far as how, how spread out they are amongst the positions. It used to be very strict. Uh, like I think the lower number scores are typically the offensive players, right? Like the, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers. But running backs can get up into the 30s. Um, tight ends, of course, typically in the in the 80s, right? Um, Tom, of the guys you picked there, what, McCaffrey is 22? Uh, yeah, 23? No, Jesus. They they said that at a at a, at a at that line for a reason. So if it's twenty two, that's <laughs> yeah, why I'm thinking twenty three. Exactly. If he's twenty three, then I would definitely take that. Yeah, uh, he's he plays for the 49ers. I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's 20, number twenty three. He's yeah. twenty three. He is yeah. twenty three. Okay, so yeah. then honestly, so I mean, we, you already know all the jersey numbers and people are going to score the touchdowns, and then yeah, Pacheco's ten. Uh, yeah, he's ten. So. But yeah, I don't know. That's 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 a tough that's a tough bet. Yeah, like the, trying to pick who's going to score the touchdown first. I got yeah. I got last year's Super Bowl playing here on NFL Network. Kenneth Gainwell scored the first touchdown last oh. year. Who the hell would have picked that? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Exactly. World famous Kenneth Gainwell, right? Well, watch yeah. it's exactly that'll happen with the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco will drive all the way down the field and then fucking Clyde Cl- Edwards. Clyde, fucking- yeah. Steal, steal it, the, the touchdown. Right, exactly. Some crazy crap. That's just, and, the, and the NFL, they and rightfully so, I will say, but they, they don't give a fuck about your parlay. No. They, don't, they don't give a shit about your fantasy football team. Like, uh, it, we're, we're all here. and like, <laughs> That's why we should let them bet on it, because then they would give a shit about it. See, it'd be a win-win. He's uh, like, oh, fuck, I put $10,000 <laughs> on me to get over 80 yards, and I'm only at 60. <laughs> Coach, give uh, me the ball. It could be interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like those those props. I'm curious to see what the Tallman ticket's gonna look like. Um, one fun bet I did see here. I just think honorable mention. You can bet on next year's Super Bowl winner. They got the odds out for that already. And uh, guess what the odds are for your Arizona Cardinals to win the Super Bowl? Ooh, plus fifty thousand. Damn. I was gonna say that too. Damn, no faith in your boys to have a bounce back <laughs> year. Full year of Kyler Murray under Drew Petzing. JG in his second year. We're close. We're close. Getting Marvin 000. Harrison Jr. Plus 28,000. No, we're close. Unless I read it wrong, and I'm going to double check, but I, when I checked it and I was looking at it on FanDuel, 2025 Super Bowl odds for the Arizona Cardinals was plus 7,500. Uh, let's see. And so I don't know if they're just being oh, you're right. cautious. Yeah, seventy five hundred. So 
not not Damn. even like wow. they're close they're near the bottom but they're chris, not like chris we have better odds than the steelers my guy let's go <laughs> oh crazy. i mean shit would you rather have kenny pickett or or fucking kyler murray i guess that's a real hard decision isn't it uh, yeah, yeah, keep Pickler the stickler over there, man. We don't want him. I, I got to talk to my brother about it, but I heard some interesting rumors that they might look at Justin Fields and making that trade, bring him yeah, in. Ah, I don't know. Could be better than uh, Pickett, but we'll see. We didn't get Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to go be the, the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Maybe, maybe for the best there, but not talking about the Steelers, not even talking about the Cardinals. We're talking about Super Bowl 58, this Sunday, February 11th. Guys, it's that time. Before we go, we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but we need to make our predictions on who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. If I'm not mistaken, when we sat here on this very same live stream, y'all picked the Eagles to win it. Your bet, the Tallman ticket, clearly reflected that. Mike, did anybody on this panel pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl last year? I'm just curious. I'll just sit back. There was one guy who did choose the Kansas City Chiefs, and his name was Chris Patrick. But if I'm remembering correctly, none of his parlays hit last year anyways. So just take your moral victory, Chris, and then go ahead and sit back down. All right? All right. All right. Touche. <laughs> Touche. So that was last year, though. This is this year. You guys have a whole fresh start. Our sports bets have a whole fresh start. We got another, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We got three and a half days to figure this out and lock it down and get the Tallman ticket out there. Tallman, I'm going to ask you for a commitment on when you can promise the people this this Tallman ticket. Well, when are you guys going to come over and film it? <laughs> we got to oh, get you- the camera crew out to his <laughs> house? You, you want I, you you want to put it out like minutes before the game? Is I, I mentioned saying? I mentioned my production team. You guys are my production team. Oh my <laughs> god! Fuck man. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking probably put it out Saturday. What is it? Yeah, day before Saturday, the tenth of February. 10th, okay. Yeah, or maybe maybe Friday night. Who knows? Ooh. Okay. It's getting a little frisky there. Yeah. Huh, are we? <laughs> What are you guys doing Friday night? <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk. Production scheduling sometimes is a little bit iffy, so we, we got to work on some back-end work. But. <laughs> There's some back-of-the-house uh, you know, contract negotiations that have to take place. You, but You see why it didn't happen all the time this year? You see why, guys? <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with. Wow. The production team wasn't there. <laughs> unbelievable all right all right all right right, well you know 2024 vsp is doing it big so we're gonna up the production value the production team is gonna get out to tallman and uh we'll make it happen but fellas like i said not gonna bury the lead here as much as we've already buried it an hour into the stream i'll go last who wants to go first and make their prediction for the super bowl you know what tallman yeah. I'll take it away. Oh uh, yeah, you how about are we that? Do, that? Are we predicting the score as well? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm gonna do. Uh, fuck it, Tom, and I'm gonna do over under as well too. How about that? How does that sound? Now remember, people, okay. we are not financial advisors, and I am by far on the lowest of the totem pole when it comes to betting out of us three. 
So take what I say with a grain of salt. But, fellas, when it comes down to this matchup, I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I don't know if it's going to be as much as a dogfight as people really think it is. You know, Kansas City isn't going to be able to go as, you know, go crazy and big plays like they normally would. They're going to really have to structure their drives and take advantage of those scoring long 12, 13 play drives and punch it in. And San Francisco is is going to have a little bit tougher of a matchup, I think, with that, you know, back-end cornerback room in Kansas City. But I still think at the end of the day in the Super Bowl, points get scored. So I'm probably going to take that over for the 47 and a half. And I'm going to go with my final score prediction, 31 to 27. Okay? And I have to follow what I've been saying throughout these playoffs. Until Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs prove me wrong, I just can't pick against them. So... I'm going with the Chiefs taking this one, winning their third in, what, five years, starting a new dynasty. You guys hate it, but, yeah, I don't I don't like it either. But that's probably what's going to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this one 31-27. And then MVP? Who should I go with MVP? Huh? Let's just say Travis Kelsey for the fuck of it. No, uh, I mean, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day. Quarterbacks always win, but that's no fun. So we'll go Travis Kelsey. How about that? Well, One time for the Taylor Swift fans. Add it to the list, baby. Does, okay, does Travis Kelsey get MVP considerations if he gets two touchdowns again? He should, 100%. But, I mean, overall statistics are probably still going to lean towards Patrick Mahomes because – if Kelsey is getting the two touchdowns, so is he. And he's probably going to find a way to get another one because you're going to have to score at least three touchdowns to win this game, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think so. So, Mike, 31-27 to 27 Chiefs, taking the Chiefs this year. Tallman, what about you? Oh, yeah, no, I was thinking that exact same score in my head. Um I'm, I'm gonna, I already know who Chris is going to pick. So I, I'm going to go 49ers to win the game. Um, I have a feeling little Brocky, little Brocky boy is going to put out a, a very purdy show on the Super Bowl. And I, I see him passing for over 300 yards, give him three touchdowns. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go final score. Mike, you said 31-27. If I pick 31 for my winning 49ers then that would mean they scored four touchdowns, only one field goal. Then I don't win my bet that I'm going to place. So I'm going to go final score, 49ers 30 points, the Chiefs 27. And for Super Bowl MVP, it's going to be Taylor Swift. I mean, sorry, I'm just trying to get the Taylor Swift count up. Notch it, yeah, notch it up. Notch it up, Chris. Come on. <laughs> there you go. There's two right there. Excuse me. I'm getting all excited. I almost threw up. Uh, Super Bowl MVP is going to be – None other than Brock Purdy because he's going to throw for, as I already mentioned, 300 yards, three touchdowns, and he's going to be the man, not the game manager, but the game winner, Brock Purdy. Three, 303 touchdowns. He only has two touchdowns in two playoff games. Tallman, you think he's going to well, explode like that? Well, okay. in this game, they're not going to be coming. They're not going to be playing the game coming from behind. They're going to, they're going to, 
Steve Wilkes pissed everybody off. So defense is going to come out to play. He said, Chase Young, you better run at Jameer Gibbs, damn it. <laughs> Get moving. Make it happen. So based off that score, 30 to 27, you are hammering the over 47 and a half total points. Okay, I see I see what you're doing there. We got Mike with the Chiefs, Tallman with the 49ers, Kelsey and Purdy, but it was Kelsey with the asterisks of it probably being Mahomes from Michael Benjamin, being the realist over there. Tallman, you already know who I was going to pick? I guess I guess I've yeah. kind of alluded to it a little bit. Um, I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to back to back it. I, I whether I like it or not, I just think that's what's going to happen. It's the pedigree of this team, the coaching ability of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey being familiar with this big stage, and really most of that team. You can even look at the young guys on that roster that were there last year. They're doing it all over again. So they're not going to have as many nerves in theory as the 49ers. And I think that's going to bode well for them. I know once the whistle blows and the game starts being played, those nerves will kind of wear off and the 49ers will settle in. I expect it to be a close game, a hard fought game. And guys, all of our score is pretty similar. Mine for the Chiefs is going to be 31 to 24. I think it's going to be a one touchdown game there. Chiefs are going to win it and definitely over that 47 and a half mark. MVP, that's an interesting wrinkle we threw in there. Um, yeah, I, I find it hard to think it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but just for just for shits and giggles, for while we're having fun out here, I'm going to say Super Bowl MVP Christian McCaffrey. From the losing squad? Has has a losing player ever won Super uh, Bowl MVP? I think they have. I think one, one time. Oh, I mean – when in the 70s or 80s had to be a long 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 time yeah. ago chuck howley from when when was Who? that what super bowl was that super bowl 10 yeah uh yeah good question howley was also named mvp of super bowl 5 <laughs> that was close enough it is the close only enough. player on a losing team to receive the award he was inducted into the pro football hall of fame in 2023 there you go chuck so Chuck, big Chuck Howley, 87 years old, still kicking it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's my long shot. I mean, either I'm right on MVP and the 49ers won, or McCaffrey puts up like 180 yards and three touchdowns and the 49ers still lose somehow, and you just got to give him MVP. So it's like when we did the first recap, and I had to give player of the recap to Christian McCaffrey. When they played the Cardinals. Okay. I see what you did there, Chris. You're playing both sides of the field, man. I don't hate it. Like I said, likely if 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 I have my if I have my way and my predictions right and the Chiefs win, could very much probably if I had a gun to my head, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. But for the fun of it here, yeah, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. It'll be interesting. Of course, we will all three be watching that game together on Sunday. And on a, the next Heat Check podcast, we'll probably share with you our reactions to that game and that matchup. Of course, be on the lookout for the Tallman ticket coming out this Saturday, February 10th. I, I, I don't know. You just got to make sure you're following us on all our social medias, of course, at AZ underscore VSP on Instagram, X, TikTok, and Threads. I don't know how much we're doing on Threads these days, but Valley Sports Plug is also on Facebook and YouTube where you're here right now. So make sure you like and subscribe and tell your friends all about it. And 
I'll just say it one time. We're giving away tickets to the Phoenix Suns game against the Los Angeles Lakers on February 25th. So you want to make sure you go to our Instagram page so you can enter for a chance to win those tickets. There's just a few easy steps you got to follow. It'll be in the pinned post at the top of our page. and You will not want to miss it. So guys, I just want to give you the floor one time before we get out of here. I know I just did those long-winded plugs, but Michael Benjamin, anything you got for the people? Man. Even though the San Francisco 49ers, an absolute ultimate rival of the Arizona Cardinals that I absolutely hate with a fiery passion, I just know this is going to be a fun game. And that's what it's about as a sports fan at the end of the day is enjoying some good football because, damn it, we're not going to have it for a long time after this weekend. So I'm excited. We're heading out to Tallman's. Tallman, you're going to have some queso dip, my brother? Oof. What you got for us, I don't baby? know if that's on the menu, man. Some meatballs? No matter what. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. No matter what, we're going to have a good time, be surrounded by some good people, and watch some good football. So excited for this weekend, man. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to Talman. Talman, what what do you got? I'm sorry. I should have I should have said you. I was like, was it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. You got the yeah. stage big dog. Oh, my bad. Sorry. I had to look up. Chuck Howley's stats for getting MVP. He got two interceptions in the game, and that was back when they didn't record sacks or tackles. So two interceptions against Super Bowl. Anyway, Super Bowl five. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to to Sunday. We get to watch that final round of the the waste management, the Phoenix Open, as long as there's no rain, um, up until the kickoff of the Super Bowl. It's gonna be a good time. Um, hopefully, hopefully win some money, right? Hopefully, uh come Monday I can still pay my mortgage so um if you guys see a gofundme after the super bowl just give it a read think about it think if you want to you know help a brother out because it's probably coming now is that to help fund your gambling addiction or to help no, fund your rehab? No, it's oh pay your mortgage. Pay your bills <laughs> yeah, and we'll 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 bump up the goal a couple thousand to pay for rehab. How about that? Perfect, perfect. I like it. Well, hopefully we won't have to worry about that, and you'll just be a winner because it's not gambling, Tallman. If you know you're going to win, and that's true. That's how we do it out here. I know history with the Tallman ticket hasn't been kind, but hey, even the Pistons won a game this season, guys. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. But yeah, guys, last thing I got to mention, I'm very excited for the game, of course. Like these guys said, the good food, the good game, the good sports bets, the cold drinks. And I took the day off on Monday, so I'm not even going to go to work the day after. I know. I know. How dare I? So we're going to have a good time. The Swifty count of this stream was at 16. Make it 17 now that I just mentioned Taylor Swift's name. So... (laughs) We eat under. I don't know what the line is going to be like for Sunday, so make sure you check out those fun props out there. On the I'm website. already starting off the week on a winning hit. Let's go, baby. Let's go. See if Mike endorses the Tallman ticket, and you'll know whether you should hop on board or not. Are you sure it was only 16? Damn. Well, it became 17. Okay. Ah. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Oh, shit, I won. <laughs> it's over. Well, at the last, at the buzzer, Tallman crushes the over, and we'll just have to see how the Tallman ticket goes, if he can crush that as well. But for these fellas, my name is Chris Patrick. For Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman, we will see you next time. Have a good night. Peace.